Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to this episode of the Adopt365 podcast. With lots of new features coming to meetings in Microsoft Teams, and with some users now starting to head back into the office, we thought we'd dedicate this episode of the Adopt365 podcast to everything about meetings inside Microsoft Teams. As usual, I'd like to welcome my two co-hosts. So first of all, Megan. Hello. And second, Anthony. Hello, everyone. Fantastic. Thank you for joining me both. And thank you very much to our uh, community of champions that joined us before the call. If you would like to join us uh, and expand to the, the few people that we joined for the first half hour of the podcast, then let us know. It's a good opportunity to talk with colleagues and find out what uh, other people are doing inside their organizations. So as always with this podcast, we kind of get started by talking about a top new feature or maybe a feature that's on the roadmap, or maybe it's just something that we're using day in and day out at the moment. Uh, so Megan, over to you. Okay, um, mine isn't a new feature. Uh, mine is Microsoft Lists, which I'm aware has been out for quite some time now. However, I feel like I really got stuck into lists recently. I really found a unique use case for it where no other application would suit or no other um, sort of platform would suit what I needed it for. So at Computer World, we're currently building a platform around Office 365 training. You'll hear more about that soon, little plug there. Um, and as part of this, we have hundreds and hundreds of um, how-to videos, written posts, guides, etc. And it's how we kept on top of all of that. Um, so using lists, I've got almost like a content, so reference content of each um, article, each video, etc. And on that, I can mark whether it's completed, whether it needs updating. I can actually tag people in those specific references. So I can tag people in my team and say, At, uh, Georgia, can you update X, Y, Z for me? Um, and as a team, it was just perfect for us. Planner wouldn't do because it needs to be that everlasting sort of application. Um, Excel, I hate Excel anyway, because I just, everyone loves Excel, but not everything needs to be in there. So list was just that perfect use case where we have all the functionality we need and also looks very simple and quite pretty with all the color coordination as well. So yeah, list is my, uh, is my dream at the moment. Fantastic. I love a good uh, list use case. I think it's got uh, a multitude of different uses and can be customized. Uh, Anthony, what's your uh, latest feature or roadmap feature or something you've been using recently? So I'm going to go back to basics for this one. I always remember the first moment that I saw pe two people uh, co-authoring a document together uh, and thinking how amazing that was. And there was a, a real wow moment. Um, but um, you tend to forget about that. Uh, but more recently, I've been working on some larger proposals and some larger consultancy reports with uh, a group of people. Um, and we've been using that co-authoring functionality in anger. Um, and that alongside the kind of conversation piece that you can do in Teams um, to just really help us increase the efficiency of putting those documents together. Um, and uh, even though we're, you know, we're working it from different locations, it's enabled us to bring some, uh, some, you know, share some good ideas in there, uh, and a shaped, you know, in some cases shaped how I've made the documents look, um, just from input from other people. Um, so yeah, it's just that basic functionality. Uh, it's that wow moment you get when you first see it. But uh, now I've started to use that a lot more in anger. It's uh, it's just brilliant functionality. Um, and uh, sometimes with things like that, we all need to just be reminded about them. 
Um, so uh, yeah, that's uh, I also have had the opportunity to show people that functionality um, for the first time quite a few times, and uh, you know it, it's it's something that uh, works really well in Excel, but I've also managed to use it in Word a lot recently, and uh, yeah, really 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 good. And the other little thing I was going to add on as uh, uh, just an addition there is just that ability to pop out. Um, conversations and channels and things like that. We, uh, Megan and I were working on some training recently with a client and they were like saying, you know, once we showed them that pop-out functionality, which, you know, they've been using Teams for, for probably 12 months now and hadn't realized that was a capability. Once they saw that, they realized that that would give them a far better experience in Teams and get rid of one of the frustrations that they'd have uh, in using it. So yeah, they're my two uh, simple areas, co-authoring and uh, the pop-out piece. Fantastic. Simple love... things can be revolutionary. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I remember uh, co-authoring so is something that uh, I use quite often and, and customers love. But I seem to remember back in secondary school where we had Acorn Archimedes and uh, I had it. Uh, there was a word processing application called Impression Style on there. And I'm sure one of the features on there used to be as long as you're on the same network, you could jump into a, a impression style document the same as anyone else and edit it at the same time. And you'd saw words moving around and stuff like that. So it feels very much like uh, Microsoft's maybe caught up with the Acorn at last. But uh, I know a few of us <laughs> at Computer Order uh, retro uh, computing fans. Um, so, so from my perspective, again, back to basics uh, a little bit. I've been doing quite a few sessions recently with execs. Um, and one of the questions we're commonly asked is, how's the best way to find documents or, or find your way around? There's so many places for it to be stored. And I constantly use the Office app. And if you say the Office app to a lot of people, even IT professionals, it's like, Office app? What's that? Do you mean Word, Excel? What's the Office app? Well, if you, if you hit your uh, Windows key, type OFF. It's probably already on screen there. Hit return and you get the Office app. Now, it looks exactly the same as office.com. So you might ask yourself, why not just go to the browser and go to office.com? But it's quicker. Within two, three um, keyboard taps, I can have Office open. I can search for a document that I'm using and I can get on editing that really quickly or get into any of those Office applications. Um, and the second one then is if you want even more granular search functionality uh, with inside Office, use Bing. So log into Bing with your Office credentials and you can even search your team's conversations using Bing. Um, so two great ways to find the content that you want quickly and easily so you can just get on with it. Gone are the days where you're going for a file structure to go and find your document. Name your documents right in the first place. Use Office, use Bing, and just get on with what you need as quickly as possible. So Brilliant. as we... I will, I will start having a go at that, Barry, because I'm... Uh... I struggle to get away from Google with the, as a uh, a search engine, but uh, yeah, I um, I struggle with Bing sometimes. But I'm going to give that a uh, give that a go. Haven't you having said that? I use Bing about 90% of the time now, and that's um, mainly because of the enhanced search capability um, yeah. that you can get. But Google still does have it on some search terms. If I'm getting frustrated because I'm not getting the search term I want on, to, I mean, on the internet, then of course I go over to Google. But uh, it took me a while to get off uh, Ask Jeeves 
uh, when I was using uh, <laughs> Yahoo and all of that back in the day. It's time for, time for a change. So yeah. on to the main subject then, before we kind of get stuck in some details of Microsoft Teams rooms and functionality in Teams and stuff like that, uh, we thought it would be a good place to start to talk around just kind of general personal meeting experiences, sort of that hygiene factor of you individually making the most out of um, online meetings. So Megan, do you want to start by some just kind of general best practices that, that you kind of stand by when uh, talking to customers about um, uh, online meetings? Yeah, so um, I suppose the first thing is sort your mic and sort your camera before you join the meeting. We're going to go into that pre-meeting experience um, with Teams meetings in a moment, but just do that before you get started because there's nothing worse than you joining a meeting and somebody having to watch you fiddle around with your microphone whilst you're trying to see if they can hear you, etc. So sort that out first. And then once you join the meeting, um, just the two key things I always say to people are turn your cameras on. There is nothing harder and nothing worse than presenting or having a meeting to a black screen because it's so difficult to gauge people's reactions. It's so um, hard to know if people are actually interested in what you're saying or if you should move on to the next bit. Um, so just turn your camera on. Even if you've got, I don't know, an old jumper on and you don't look, you don't feel your best, you don't look your best, no one really cares. Um, they just want to see your face and they want to see your facial reactions and your um, limited body language that we can see here. So that's one, just turn your camera on. It makes it a much easier, much better um, experience for everybody. Um, and then the second one is when you're not speaking, just mute yourself. I know the whole joke over lockdown is, haha, people have left themselves on mute, you're on mute, etc. But actually, having to be reminded to unmute yourself is far better than people hearing you doing something in the background, hearing your dog, hearing your children running around. That is far more distracting than someone just quickly having to remind you to take yourself off mute. So they're my ones. Sort your camera and mic out before you join. Make sure you've got your camera turned on and then make sure you're muted when you're not speaking. I think I'd add to that, Megan, that, you know, if you've um got a, a bit of a mess going on in the background of your your picture just use the blurred background <laughs> just <laughs> yes yeah. definitely i think the blurred background uh yeah it was one of those ones um you know a bit like co-authoring it was a bit of a novelty to start with but it's actually got a real place to play when you've got stuff yeah. going on in the background or hopefully one day I'll go back and have a meeting in a Costa Coffee or a Starbucks or something like that. And that's the place where the blurred background really comes into uh, to play. So, uh, yeah, I was going to... For those that are listening in, I'm trying to hide the mess behind me because I've not got a blurred background on at the moment. So if you're watching the video, you would have got the laughing a minute ago, but on the podcast, I'm just trying to block out the back. Sorry, Anthony, you had some more sort of environmental or environment um, recommendations. Yeah. So I think that the first time uh, we did this podcast, I, uh, you know, how I don't particularly like watching myself on video and I went back and thought I'd have a little bit of a watch. But what I realized was that I'd got a lot of echo in the background. I don't know if I still have or not um but you realize I'm, I'm sat in a box in effect um and yes i've got a bookcase at the back there and a picture on the wall but there was nothing really else to uh, to break up the sound especially as we're, we've got a wooden floor in this room so um i uh, experimented a little bit with that um and i've got a couple of bean bags that i brought down from the playroom and put those on the floor and i stole the carpet out of my daughter's uh, bedroom because she's away at university and didn't know um and i put those down and it just made a phenomenal difference it really did 
So do think about those things. Do dare to go and listen to uh, what you sound like on a on a podcast or uh, just on a, a short recording um, and think what you can do to kind of make sure you're not getting too much of uh, a rebound of the sound around the office. Um, so that, that'll be my uh, my tips around that. And I always think about this, you know, in the days when we used to go out to see a customer, you'd uh, you polish your shoes and you put your suit on and you get out there um, and it was about presentation. Um, and these things here, like your best best practices, like the quality of your sound and your video, et cetera, are just the same things when we're meeting online. So uh, they're just as important as uh, not having got uh, loads of mud on your shoes when you go and see a, yeah, a, a top client. Definitely. So I think um, what you say there about kind of environmentals and your surrounding is really important because um, it also goes alongside what Megan was saying, because it might not be the fact that you're too worried about your voice being a bit boomy or something like that, but it's the fact that you're not talking, but you are shifting around on your chair or something like that. And if you have got a wooden floor, if you, it does reverberate a lot around the room you're in, it makes that even worse. So remembering to mute alongside seeing what you can do just to make sure your room where you are having those calls is comfortable. I mean, you've seen a lot of people that kind of do voiceovers for TV adverts or, or even professional presentations going and having the meeting in their clothes, uh, clothes cupboard. They put a desk in their clothes cupboard, but just because the acoustics are so good. Now, I don't think I'd take it quite that far for your team's meeting, but there are probably a few tweaks that you can uh, do from that perspective. Um, Megan, I think you had a, a kind of best practice around kind of helping you set up uh, prior to the call with test calls and things like that, was it? Yeah, it was only where Anthony was saying before, like listening back to yourself. In Teams, you are able to do the test call with your device settings. Um, so when you're getting your sort of device settings up, whether you've got a new microphone or anything like that, just doing that test call through Microsoft Teams and listening back to yourself to make sure, one, that it's working, because you don't want to join a call and it not be working, but two, hear yourself back. And then, as Anthony said, if there is something you can do, as a quick fix before your meeting or um, before you actually have to use that device, just do that. So yeah, in settings, in device settings, uh, within Microsoft Teams, just doing that test call to hear what you sound like. Fantastic. And I think probably coming on to that then is the devices that we're using. And this is an area I spend most of my time. I've I'm, I'm probably got more gadgets than uh, than most sane people. I've got headset on here, headset on there, set of AirPods here, microphone here. Um, I've definitely got too much gear around me, but that means I've spent quite a lot of time trying to figure out uh, what is the right mix kind of thing. So definitely I'd recommend that if you are spending a lot of time on Teams calls, especially if you are interacting with maybe customers or you are presenting at trade events, or anything like that you want to be looking at uh, your headphones your microphone and your camera and and choosing the right kind of uh, solutions the right for you or engaging with your it to do so um so the headset that i've got on at the moment is a headset that's just come out by poly um which has uh, two really important features on it for me so the first is it's got active noise cancelling in the headphone so if there's a bit of noise going on outside if my daughter's just come home from school if anything like that's going on i won't be able to hear it, it it's all Almost blocking out that surround around sound around me but that's good for me but that might not necessarily be good for those listening in because if the microphone is picking up all that noise it, it's good that it's blocking it out for me but if it's not blocking out for the microphone we cause a problem so this uh, headset also has a, what's called an acoustic fence technology which have a lot of poly's meeting rooms um, have as well and what that does is blocks out noise around the periphery so if there is kind of uh, uh, some noise going on in the background maybe the washing machines on in the room next door maybe there's a bit of road works going on outside it can tell between the difference between the voice 
and that uh, noise that's happening elsewhere. And there's some great demonstrations online of someone uh, mowing their lawn whilst on a Teams call, and you can't hear the lawnmower that's just in front of them at all. I'm not quite sure if it's some kind of next generation, ultra quiet uh, lawnmower, but it certainly seems to work uh, really well. Um, so yeah, have a look at that. You don't have to spend a lot of money, but get a good headset, have a look at your microphone, um, have a look at the camera and, and get something that meets for you. Going back to Anthony's point, it's like you're suited and booted uh, going for your meetings back in the day. This is kind of how you're presenting yourself to the outside world. And, and Anthony, I think you've got a last recommendation that goes hand in hand with that uh, as well. Yeah, this is around lighting. Yeah, that's a, a really important piece is to uh, just get your lighting uh, right. You can buy lots of lights, um, but just think about what's around you. I've, I've got a, just an angle poise light over to the right that sometimes I'll bring in just to uh, uh, light my face a little bit better. Um, and we've got wall lights here, which I always make sure are on. So I've got some light onto my face because I've got a window over to the left hand side, which is creating the, the shadows over this side. So, yeah, um, there's also um, there's a brilliant bit of kit, which uh, I'd love to be uh, sent one as a demo, which is the Poly Studio P21, which is a 21 inch screen, um, but it's got a front light built around it. So that lights your face as you use it. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that's one way to do it. And you can buy for, for next to nothing uh, on Amazon. You can buy front lights, um, little LED panels that can be used to uh, to light your front, and just makes a, a difference as to you know how you look on that coat on the uh, call um, and how well you're presented. So uh, yeah, thoroughly recommend that uh, you take a look at that um, and just you know check out the images that you've got from meetings that have been recorded. Uh, and see if there are just little things you can do to improve the uh, the quality of the image and the quality of the sound. Definitely. And I think like if, you, if you're well, struggling for... Sorry, go on, Megan. I was just going to say, um, you don't always have to get specific lights. I'm more than happy to admit that I actually use a uh, crafting light for when I do, do all different types of crafts, and I have this light on my desk, and that's what I use. So you don't have to get specific lights just for that. If you have that light already, use what you've already got. This isn't revolutionary uh, revolutionizing everything that you have to buy and spending loads of money just use what you've got in your house already yeah definitely i think some of the poly gear so uh Anson, you mentioned the p21 there that has dedicated lights on it the, the uh, baby ones in that suite so the p5 which is just a camera and the p15 was a camera and speaker and microphone they're all also tuned for low light capability so whilst the image won't look as good as you being having a nice front light on it with Megan's crafting light or a LED panel or something like that, it will do the best to correct, correct that light condition. And the light in conjunction with that will make you even look even better. Yep. So I think as we go on then, let's let's kind of move on to Microsoft Teams specifics. Uh, Anthony, I don't know if you want to kind of reflect on where we are at the moment with um, the world and, and Teams and things like that. Yeah, so I've probably spent the last 15, 16 months sat in my office here in Exeter um, talking to people. Um, and I've been on my own. I've maybe had to shut the door behind a few times and shout at the children um, or the wife just to be quiet while I'm working. But um, now we're getting to the point where people are starting to return to the office. And that's just a little bit of a different scenario. Um, I was in the office uh, last week on, on Thursday. Um, and yet, even though I was in the office, I'd probably spent most of the day um, on calls on Teams from my desk in the office. And it's a really uh, different paradigm. I, I realized that I was probably disturbing the people around me because I'm talking quite loud on my headset and my microphone. Um, 
as uh, you know, I, I tend to move my hands a bit when I'm talking to people. So it was a, maybe distracting to people in the office. Um, and um, I was thinking, well, I, I probably would like to go and sit in another room somewhere for this next call because call, it's an element of confidentiality in it. And yet our office is kind of fairly locked down. So you can't pick your, uh, you know, you've got to put a face mask up to, to move. Um, you've got, uh, you know, most of the, the smaller personal rooms have been locked um, for COVID safety. So um, I was just starting to think about, you know, what it looks like when we go back into the office. Um, and this is where we're going to start using Teams rooms more and more. Um, and we want that ability to uh, to grab a, a larger group of people together and go into a Teams room. Maybe you just do a one-to-one -one team meeting from a Teams room with a, a remote person. And we're starting to move to all, towards all of this hybrid working. So uh, we need to look at how the solutions are, uh, are going to adapt to that and to think about how we're going to equip our offices for those uh, those scenarios. Barry, do you want to talk us through uh, a little bit of uh, what you've been doing on that side with some of our clients? Yeah, definitely. I think it's important, first of all, to kind of describe what a Teams meeting room is. Um, obviously, we aim this podcast at the champions and those kind of power users, as well as people from IT. So we don't want this to turn into a technical conversation. But I think it's important to explain what a Teams room is. Microsoft um, make a subset of software that is designed to help make your meeting room experience standard across the board. Everybody that is using it, any meeting room that you're going into, you should know how to use it because it's all used using Teams software that you will know and uh, be used to. And then there's partners like Poly and Yaylink that make hardware that is able to be certified to be used in a Teams meeting room. Um, so the things that you could expect to see is when you walk up to the room outside it, there might be a panel that describes whether the room is free, busy. You could check yourself in. It's got a nice little reminder on it. If someone's in the meeting room, you can check yourself in from outside. And they'll put a nice little message on the screen going, Barry's outside the room, he's got the meeting room book now kind of thing. So you don't have to walk in the door and go, oi, CEO, time to get out. I got it booked kind of thing. You can just give a, a gentle reminder that, that it's my time in the room now kind of thing. And then when you're in the room, there's a little tablet on the table where you're able to kind of start your meeting, control uh, the mute for the room and the people that are on it uh, and things like that. Um, and most recently, Microsoft have published a kind of vision for the future of meeting rooms, which is quite interesting and, and quite exciting. I don't know, uh, Anthony, if you want to share any of the thoughts you've seen around that at all. Yeah, so um, Microsoft have um, been talking a lot about this recently and have produced some nice designs. I'll uh, I'll make sure that we put a link somewhere so that you can get access to that. Maybe put it to, on the Computer World um, Twitter feed so you can have a look at that. Um, but um, there's there's a kind of real kind of drive towards making it a, an equal experience for people who are in the office to with people outside of the office. There's real parity in the way in which people can communicate and collaborate um, between being sat in uh, in a Teams room and being out uh, in a remote um, a remote site or flexible working. Um, and they're very much looking at uh, a scenario where you've got like a curved desks around and then big screens on the wall so that people uh, are able to see people, you know, themselves uh, or to be working with people who are physically the same size, whether they're on the screen or on the, uh, um, in, in the room itself, uh, and also to share presentations in an effective way within that environment. Um, that's for some of the larger rooms. Um, some of the smaller rooms, just to having, you know, a, a smaller kind of soundbar device is a really good approach 
to that um, for one to one to one meetings with you know one person in the office, one person outside of the office, or just small groups, small huddles in the office with a limited number of people coming in remotely, um, and all of the functionality around Microsoft Teams whiteboard, um, which has improved significantly recently, really plays into that ability to uh, to share things um, and to, uh, to to do kind of brainstorming exercises uh, in an interactive way. So that's that's good, and of course the um, the Surface Hub devices, which um, were you know were uh, going to say they are uh, they're supporting that whiteboarding functionality um, and creating a, re a really good interactive environments for uh, for groups of all sizes. Megan, I think um, you've done quite a bit of work with the whiteboard in Microsoft uh, Teams three six five, haven't you? There's, there's quite a lot of new features that have come into that over the the previous few months, isn't there? Yeah, so um, within Teams, you used to be limited when you shared a whiteboard as part of that team meeting to just having like text uh, note, uh, like post-it notes, um, and then drawing with your um, pen. Stylus. If you, yes, and drawing on the screen, what it was called then, um, which was good and it had its use cases when people were using it, but unless you really had that stylus with your device, um, unless you were very skilled at using a mouse to draw pictures, it was quite limited as to what you could do if you were one of those people or not one of those people. So you could add text. Actually, maybe you wanted to draw something out. It didn't allow you to do that. Um, so what you can do in Whiteboard now is you can actually add shapes. Um, and there's a number of different shapes you can add. Um, with post-it notes, you can change colours, which is something that is so simple but you can actually attribute a certain color to different people. Um, but those shapes are really key. And what is coming is you'll be able to see who has made what contribution to the whiteboard. So you always get some of those people in the meetings that don't necessarily contribute or don't feel confident enough to come out. Um, you'll be able to see that they haven't contributed something and you could ask them if they have anything to add to the whiteboard um, within there. So yeah, there's things coming with whiteboard that are going to make it more inclusive um, for everybody in that meeting as well. There's also some uh, great functionality, which is just, you know, I love it because it's great technically around the Microsoft content camera. So the ability to have a physical whiteboard um, within the meeting room and to have that on camera um, and they do some clever stuff to make sure that as you know, if someone walks in front of the whiteboard or the person who stood there writing on the whiteboard, they're actually show as transparent because they've, uh, you know, it's previously seen what's the, what's uh, through them. So it's uh, just a real clever bit of technology, which means we can get back to, uh, you know, our old favorite way of working, which is, you know, whiteboard markers on a whiteboard uh, and still include people who are uh, watching uh, as remote workers into that uh, that kind of meeting. I feel like no one's spoken about that for a few months, Anthony, a year or so, Anthony, and you just said it. And I'm like, that was actually such a great feature that they brought out. And I've just been reminded of it. So no, it is stuff that you're looking forward to using again now that we can all get back to a bit of more normality. Yeah, I think one of the things is um, if you are a champion or a user or something like that, 
um, and you're walking into your meeting rooms when you're back into there and there's just one screen in front of you, maybe kind of engage with IT and understand what the possibility would be to add two screens into the meeting room, especially those Teams meeting rooms. And if you don't have that functionality, maybe tell them to get in touch with us and we can help them with that. But from, from the perspective, what I'm seeing is the common standard in a medium to large meeting room is having dual screens. Because what you want to do is on one of those screens is have the people uh, that are remote, very clear, very visible. On the other one, you want the content. And on the screen that is the content, you want that to be an interactive display. So Anthony, you mentioned the Surface Hub 2S, very nice, but very expensive display. But it could just be a smart board, a Dell screen with an interactive pen or something like that. Because then when you've got the whiteboard, you can easily annotate on it. You can still see the people on the left-hand screen, or you've got that content camera. If you can only have one physical camera uh, screen in the room, have the whiteboard and have a content camera set up just above it so you can use that uh, whiteboard uh, in the room. The only obviously disadvantage is someone can't sit at home and draw on a physical whiteboard with a content camera. It's only still a one-way projection to those people that are home. Um, and one of the things that I've also seen, which I'm, I'm quite intrigued about, and it comes probably into a feature we're going to come on very shortly, is Microsoft are talking about smart speakers uh, being put into the room. I don't know if they're smart speakers or smart microphones. They're being called smart speakers, but they look like your Alexa dot that you might have at home kind of thing. So they're small circular speakers. The first one is... Um, uh, is all about um, the first one is by a company uh, that is called Epos, which is a coming together of a company with Sennheiser, the the high quality audio uh, company, um, and um, it sits there and it helps you attribute who's talking in a meeting room and also who the transcription who said what in the meeting room we're used to that while at home because when Megan talks it says Megan when Anthony talks it says Anthony it's very clear who's talking in a meeting room when you've got up to 10 people it could get very confusing but the speaker is intelligent enough using AI and all those good things to attribute who is speaking at any time so I've not seen one in real life yet I think they're shipping in Northern America at the moment it'll be interesting to see when uh, when that's uh, comes through so let's dig a little bit into features in Microsoft Teams uh, specifically and, and, and quite an exciting one uh, that we're seeing come live at the moment. Megan, standout and dynamic mode. Yes, this is something that we've seen over the past week or so, I think it is. Um, so the different modes when you're sharing, they're trying to make it more, um, I don't want to say realistic, but when you share content in Microsoft Teams, you're always put at the bottom um, along the sort of bottom of your screen. You can see up to four other people, I think it is, and then everyone else disappears. Um, what they're doing now is you can have the standard or dynamic view, as you said there, Barry. So when you s share content, um, you can either be superimposed on top of it. So if I was sharing a presentation, you'd have almost like a cutout of me. It would take my background off um, of that. And I'd be in front of that presentation or that screen that I'm sharing and talking over it. Um, obviously, that's quite natural when you're in a real meeting in front of people or you're presenting to people. You would naturally be stood in front of a massive screen behind you. So I really like that um, view that you get. And then the other view um, that you get is the dynamic view, where instead of at the bottom, you'll maybe put everybody um, would be on the side of your screen. So you'd have the presentation on the left hand side of your screen and then on the right you'd have everybody there. Um, and it's quite interact or quite intelligent as to fitting everybody in that gap because some people will be smaller in the screen, some people will be bigger to make sure that everybody fits in. But again, you're not having to then look down the bottom in the little corner and see other people's screen. Everyone's next to the presentation and it's a lot more um, 
normal for you to look at that next to the presentation, look at the people um, rather than looking down. And then you can also choose to put the gallery at the top if you prefer that, which um, again is quite natural because then when you're looking at the people, you're more like you're looking at the camera, which makes it more interactive with the people. It makes them feel like you're looking at them rather than looking down in the corner because um, then everybody knows that you're just looking at yourself, really, making sure your hair looks all right. So um, dynamic view and standout view um, are coming. They are there for some people. And I think they're really going to change the way that people interact and engage with what you're sharing on screen and when you're sharing it. Yeah, I think we. I was trying that this morning. I think they're in the public preview. So if you've got that turned on in your Teams client, and it only seems to work at the moment um, if you're sharing your whole screen rather than just sharing a single PowerPoint presentation. But I know the end game with that is to be able to uh, share a PowerPoint presentation and, and have you cut out in front of it presenting in what I like to call weather presenter mode. So uh, yeah, that's uh, it's, it's like a lot of these Teams features. They announced it quite a while back. We all got excited um, and then it's taken a little bit of time to come and uh, it's just slowly getting there now. So uh, yeah, do uh, if you're using, if you're selected on the public preview mode in your client, um, then do go and have an experiment uh, with that because uh, it, uh, it does look really good. Definitely. And I think the, the next one was you as well, Megan. You're obviously spending a lot of time with our customers and demonstrating these technologies. But recordings, there's been quite a lot of changes in recordings. You've got some recommendations on um, recording your meetings and things like that. Yeah, so um, when you used to record your meetings, it would go into Stream, another Office 365 application. Now when you record that, um, it records into OneDrive. Um, which is great because then it automatically shares it with other internal people so that everyone does automatically get that recording. But it can sometimes be confusing as to whose OneDrive it's being stored on, how we share it with external customers, et cetera. So um, just a recommendation and something that is so simple when you're setting up a Teams meeting within Teams, it's just making sure that if you have the appropriate people in a team on a channel uh, within Microsoft Teams, just make sure you've put that channel in the option that you have if you do that, then um, the recording will be stored within that channel. So you'll be able to find it a lot easier. But it also means that the chat that goes alongside that um, meeting that you're having, again, gets stored in that channel. So when we're saying everything to do with this project or this particular area of work will be in this channel, that is actually true. Rather than saying it'll always be in this channel unless it was in a meeting and then you'll find it in your chat tab within your chat. And then it just makes it more confusing as to where it will be. Um, so just add your channel into your meetings when you have um, when you're inviting people into that Teams meeting. You'll then find the recording in that channel and you'll find the chat in that channel and everything then will be stored in that particular channel where it has a lot more context and your team can be a lot more productive. I think this um, this is a really important and really important change as well, because um, if you don't include a channel on it, it will be stored in your OneDrive. So ultimately, that, that is the storage location. And you only get so much space available in your OneDrive, so it will fill up eventually if you don't manage that or unless there are policies configured. By putting it in a channel, it's saved into the, the channel, as Megan said, which in turn is saved into SharePoint. So it doesn't come out of your personal uh, budget for storage. It comes out of the wider company SharePoint one, which is uh, there's a lot more storage available and, and is uh, important to do that. And I think um, the I know we're going to do this later, but the attendance reporting will slot in there as well. So um, attendance reporting has gone live in the tenant, but you do um, need to turn that on using PowerShell. 
Um, so it's just a short bit of PowerShell to run to to turn that on, and that will then be saved alongside the meeting recording um, and the meeting details in the channel. So uh, that's a really useful functionality. Definitely. Um, and if you are a user that would find attendance reporting useful, you'd best bet to speak to IT to, to run that bit of PowerShell that they need to be able to run. It's not something you're able to run as a user, but ultimately you'll then get that attendance report. And, and thank you very much to uh, Ian in our champions community for mentioning that uh, earlier on. And one that I'm quite uh, excited about, but I don't feel that the adoption of it has been as high as uh, I anticipated was together mode. Uh, in Teams, and they're making some changes to that. So if we cast our mind backs, together mode is the ability to put everyone in a meeting on a dynamic background. So you actually look like you're all together in a meeting room. Now, people have kind of heard it like, uh, explained it like the Muppets when in the old music video where they were in their own little squares kind of thing. Um, now, the idea is, is to reduce fatigue. So what has been proven is when you're in something like a Teams meeting and you're looking at multiple different people, your eyes are constantly having to focus on each of those little blocks. By putting them into together mode, you actually look at it as one video stream. So you won't get so much of that Zoom fatigue as it was kind of branded on the early days of the lockdown. Now, one of the features that is coming out for that are custom made together modes. So actually, if you've got a company boardroom or uh, theatre or something like that, there's nothing stopping you potentially taking a photograph of that theatre or branding up a background yourself and having it there. So it's a little bit kind of more customized. I think some of the ones at the moment look quite comical and I think that's part of the problem. If we could have something maybe that is a bit more on brand, uh, a little bit less kind of school or animation kind of um, effect, then maybe people would use them. I think I've also read somewhere that you will be able to kind of force people into a together mode view. I think at the moment, because you have to go and choose that different view, lots of people don't use it because they don't like to mess about it. They're just in the meeting kind of thing so i think that will also be uh, a good uh, feature um so a feature that's been around for for a little while uh Anthony, but there has been some changes recently uh breakout rooms yes and thank you for ian for uh, reminding me of this as well from our champions community um he was shocked earlier in our conversation that i'd never been in a uh, uh, a team's breakout room. I think I was uh, around looking, you know, most of them I've done in the past have been in, in Zoom, but I think I've spent the last 18 months just talking on a one-to-one -one or one-to-two basis, not done any online conferences. Um, but Ian's organization used them extensively um, and there's some really good functionality in there. They've, they've been around for a while now, um, but just a bit of a refresher on that. Um, you can create a, a breakout room from a team's meeting just uh, on on demand by uh, clicking the kind of two square uh, icon at the top. Um, and you can then either allow um, Teams to automatically allocate people to the room, so you just set the number of rooms you want, or you can manually create those rooms and drop the right people into them. Um, new functionality that's come along recently has been the ability to add a time limit. So there's a, a, a countdown timer in, in the meeting, um, in the breakout meeting. Um, and uh, therefore you can make sure that people are shaping their conversations to beat that time. There's the opportunity for the organizer to uh, make announcements into those rooms. So, you know, just reminders like you've got five minutes to go or it's time to move on to the next uh, subject uh, topic. Um, and also the ability for the organizer to, uh, to move themselves and kind of join those rooms um, and go and check on progress. So some really good functionality in there. It used to be the, um, the kind of the big difference between Zoom and Teams meetings. We waited for that for quite a long time. Um, and I now think uh, that has kind of uh, excelled past uh, the functionality that Zoom used to offer around um, breakout rooms. 
Um, and things like the chat that's taken place in the breakout room is uh, is recorded, you know, alongside the channel, alongside all the other bits and pieces as well. So really, really good functionality. Um, as I'm finding a lot of these things, we're just having to be reminded of, of what's there in Teams because uh, it's been, uh, you know, around for quite a long time now. And there's a lot of things that we were looking forward to that, uh, you know, arrived uh, and then we tend not to uh, use them. So, uh, yeah, breakout rooms, thoroughly recommend that, uh, you know, you use those. Uh, and I think Meg's going to talk a little bit about the webinar functionality later in the call, uh, which is, uh, you know, is, is a good place to use those as well. Fantastic. Yeah, no, I think breakout rooms, certainly for education type environments, but also user groups, anything where you're getting kind of multiple people together and you want to be able to split them off into small kind of groups and bring them back in. It offers um, another real kind of interactive element that you can do to your meetings. Um, so, so, Megan, to, to one of what I believe is one of your most favorite features, because uh, you're always keen to tell people about it, uh, live transcriptions. <laughs> Yes, <laughs> it definitely is one of my favourite features, but I have a reason. Um, it used to be something people always asked about when we did our training. We showed them all the great features within meetings and then they say, oh, great. How do I get my transcription here? And you'd say, well, you can't do it exactly, but you have to put it in stream and you have to turn on the English or it, your language and then it will generate it for you. Um, the fact now that you can just click the ellipsis on your um, toolbar within a meeting and start that transcription just makes it so much easier um, to keep a record of that meeting. It shows you now who said what, which it didn't when it was in stream. It attributes the person to your transcription. Um, and then you can either turn the panel off or on on your meeting. So I'm somebody, when I have it turned on, I do tend to sit and read it to see how accurate it is. Um, credit to microsoft it is very accurate within meetings and they've definitely put a lot of work into it to make it accurate but you can also turn that off so when i'm actually meant to be engaging with the people and looking at the people that i'm on a call with i can turn that off it's still going on in the background and then once you finish that meeting you can either um, access it through your meeting in your team's calendar um, or you can download it into a word file which can sometimes be really useful as well so yes Definitely a favorite um, uh, feature of Microsoft Teams, but I just see it being used so much within things like board meetings, client meetings, et cetera. Um, means you don't miss any actions when you've spoken about them in meetings there. Definitely very useful uh, feature. And I think I've seen later versions being able to pick out the actions and, and things like that with it as well. So when they add a bit more intelligence, that is gonna be even more useful. Um, well, that's very, very exciting. Definitely. Very quick one um, from my perspective is the ability to be able to add applications into your meetings. And there are a number of applications you can add in, but the one that I see being used uh, more often is to add forms uh, into there. So you can use forms to ask questions. So if you want to gain some feedback, if you want to kind of ask people's opinion, get people to vote on where the, the Christmas party should be, all during a meeting, you can add forms to it. You can preload those questions. You can choose when to publish those during the meeting. Um, so that functionality is really good. Again, uh, a feature that Zoom has had for a while, but I like the way Microsoft have implemented it because you can add these different applications in to meet your very specific requirements. So uh, really good functionality um, uh, there. Um, presentations then, Megan, being able to uh, do a co-presenter in, in presentations. Yeah, so this is um, something, again, that I find really useful because a lot of people when they're maybe having maybe you're doing a presentation and there's 
10 of you in a meeting and three of you are presenting, the way that people typically did that at the start of lockdown um, was somebody would share their screen. They'd then say, uh, I'll pass over to you, Barry. And you would either tell me when to move on the slide, which isn't natural anyway, or I would stop sharing. You would then start sharing your own presentation or the same presentation. And it always got a little bit fuzzy in the middle because everyone would just sit there whilst you're trying to figure out who's sharing what screen you've got to stop etc um so what you can do now is in your meeting options you can actually assign particular people um as part of that meeting who can present with you so again if you were in a meeting with 10 people and you only wanted two other people to be able to present with you you can assign them in your meeting options and then when you're in that meeting there's a button at the top of your screen when someone's presenting um, where you can take control of that presentation. They then take control, they click it. When you want to take that back, you just click the button at the top that says take back. It is just such a slick process where you're not having to stop sharing and reshare. You're not having to say, can you go to the next slide or anything like that. It is just one presentation. You're all presenting together, but it's a really easy process to give and take that back to the person that's meant to be presenting at that time. So yeah, very useful. I'm going to say we, Megan and I do lots of um, training uh, and consultancy projects where the both both of us are working and we've got one presentation, um, and that functionality has just made that so so slick um, that we don't you don't have to worry about who's going to forward the slides. The other thing you can do is um, you can join uh, a meeting with your iPhone or with another mobile device um, as a companion device. So when you you when you're in a meeting and you turn your device on and go into the team's client it'll say you're already a meeting do you want to join um, this or do you want to transfer the meeting to this device if you just join the meeting in parallel you can then use your phone to move the slides forward um, and you can use uh, maybe an ipad to uh, to uh, cooperate and collaborate on a, uh, a whiteboard so that's really really good uh, functionality that is just so easy to use Definitely. I think if you're uh, presenting PowerPoint presentations in Microsoft Teams and you're using the uh, share your whole screen or share um, a window option, then um, go and have a look at kind of the presenter view, the ability to present directly from PowerPoint. Definitely, so, if you're doing it that way. So um, I think one of the last things here, to, uh, before we move on to the, the, the final piece of uh, the podcast, um, I'd like to gain everyone's opinion on note taking um, in Microsoft Teams. There's um, so many ways that you can take minutes inside a Microsoft Teams meeting. And I don't think there is a single best way of achieving that. So if you had to pick one, um, what would your recommendation be for organizations for taking minutes uh, in a Teams meeting? So Megan, over to you. There is just one answer. You said there's no right answer. There is a right answer and it is OneNote. Um, the fact that you can add well, you can have your wider OneNote for all of your team meet, uh, your all your team notes, etc., is amazing. But then you can have that specific section around meeting minutes, your pages for each one. Um, it just makes and the uh, fact you can co-author it at the same time, so it's not always down to that one person taking meeting minutes, and you have always got your transcription now to back you up. Um, it it just means that you always know where they are you can have a conversation against them you can pop that window out so all these features that we've been talking about over this podcast and the last few podcasts all come together in teams to make it super easy so yeah i would say OneNote is the place to take your meeting minutes anthony what would you say i th i think we've tried everything um and i think OneNote is the answer to this one 
um, as a kind of standard best practice uh, with organizations we're working with um, in each of their departmental teams. We will add a tab with OneNote um, and we'll add a uh, meeting minutes section in that so they can get their keep their meeting minutes uh, in one consistent place. Um, the um, transcript is very, very good. At the end of the meeting, you can uh, download that as a, uh, a Word document and cut and paste that into uh, into that OneNote if you wanted to, or put it alongside uh, the OneNote somewhere as a kind of aid memoir to, to exactly what went on. Um, some of the newer functionality, which is, is coming soon, whatever that means for Microsoft, is the ability um, using AI for the, the uh, you know, AI to be monitoring your conversation and actually listening for actions in the meetings um, and automatically added those into uh, either a planner or into uh, you know, a, a OneNote. Um, but I don't think that's going to be um, too soon, but it is going to give you that ability just to be able to say, you know, so, you know, if I say, so Megan, you, are you going to take that action? It will already remember what that action is um, and uh, allocate it um, or assign it to Megan. So, uh, yeah, but OneNote, I think is the best place we've we've experimented with using wiki um for that which yet again allows you to uh, co-author um but uh, i think one one note is the unsung hero as far as i'm concerned of the uh, the microsoft 365 ecosystem super bit of software so i can't really say one note because you both have said it now so um <laughs> and, and obviously i agree um Microsoft are obviously pushing the ability to take meeting minutes directly inside your your meeting. So there is the, the I think it's called minutes option, um, which if it's just a one time meeting, it's not a reoccurring meeting. It's actually very good. You just go back to that meeting in your calendar or go to the back to the chat of it and then you can go and find it. Um, in my experience, it doesn't work particularly well with reoccurring meetings. It doesn't link them together well. It doesn't give you an obvious place where you can go and find that. But I can only assume that's going to um, improve moving forward. Um, the other thing that I would say and it, it kind of has been touched on almost for me the most important thing of meeting minutes isn't the minutes is the actions um how many of us actually go back and review the minutes that were taken in a meeting what we want to know is who said they were going to do what and has it been done um so i like to make sure that there is a planner that is being used for reoccurring meetings to make sure tasks can be allocated uh, can be reflected upon maybe use that to help drive your meeting actions and meeting minutes next time um but you still still may need someone documenting decisions that have been made and, and things like that uh, in the meeting itself so the last feature then that we said that we wanted to talk about on this podcast, and it's probably one of the biggest features uh, that has come to uh, Microsoft Teams most recently. Um, so uh, Megan, all the pressure's on you. The webinars, what, what can you tell us about webinars in Microsoft Teams? Yeah, so um, like you say, I think it's uh, been long awaited. It's something that people have wanted for a while. And obviously with my marketing hat on, it's something that I can't wait to start using at Computer World and get webinars up using Microsoft Teams. Um, especially when Anthony and I do things and we talk about uh, using Microsoft Teams and then we're actually doing it on Zoom, it just never makes sense. So the fact that we can now do that sort of thing in Teams makes a lot more sense. So um, obviously when you go into Teams, when you're in your calendar, in the top right-hand corner, I had to think about that then, that's worrying. In the top right-hand corner, if you tick the or click the little button, the down arrow where you click New Meeting, click webinars you're then able to go in and add all the detail that you ever need to add into it so you can add all the event details like your um, uh, event name you can add your description about it you can assign the speakers 
um, which I always found very difficult in Zoom is to add that speaker or that different co-host. In Teams, it's very easy where you would normally put in a meeting who's invited to the meeting. That's where you put the speakers in there. Um, you can then add in your speaker details, so the name and their bio, which I always find really useful when you're trying to invite people to webinars to give them a bit more information about who's going to be speaking. You can add your images. You can also um, amend the registration form. So if there's certain fields you want to include rather than just the basic first name, last name, email address, you can add things like company name, job title, company size, et cetera, um, and tick if you want them to be required or not. Um, and then within there as well, you can also change the meeting options. So if you want people to be able to react in your meeting so they can use those live reactions, you can turn that off and on. You can turn the chat off and on, um, who can, turn their mic off and on because if you do want some of that feedback that live feedback at the end allowing people to turn their mic on and doing that um, through their microphone rather than chat can add another element to your webinar so there's a lot of features within there um, that it's probably best that you go and have a play with it set up a test webinar and have a look at that but it's definitely added a whole new dimension to what Microsoft Teams can offer your business, especially around that marketing element uh, within Teams as well. Definitely, yeah. I think um, it's a really good first release of it. I think they've got the meeting controls and the customization of that well. It's also pleased to see you get those custom fields and all as you mentioned there, Megan. It does feel a little bit of a, a first release when it comes to the registration page. It has limited customization, mm -hmm. branding. You end up with quite a nasty Teams URL that you're sharing rather than a, something customized to your company. Um, I believe the attendance reports are there in a first iteration at the moment. Yep. But the, I think that will need to be improved moving forward. Lots of the other platforms have got things like um, uh, interaction information and stuff like that. I'm not quite sure if that's there, but certainly really good uh, initial uh, release on webinars there. I think there's some um, good functionality. I don't know if it's in place yet, um, but if you're using Microsoft Dynamics as your CRM solution, the ability to for feedback from the events to go straight um, into Dynamics. So your event management in their uh, in a dynamics environment can be handled in, uh, you know, is completely integrated into it. But I agree what Barry said. It's a first, uh, you know, not a first attempt, but it's, it's pretty raw at the moment, um, especially around how you um, generate the invites and distribute the invites to people. But uh, I think it'll slowly get better and better. Um, but uh, yeah, really pleased to see that arrange, uh, arrive in uh, our tenant. I don't know how many times I looked for it when it wasn't there. Um, and then one day it just appeared. So uh, I think Barry and I were on a call together and I was saying, you know, webinars still hasn't arrived. And uh, we both clicked it down at the same time and it was there. But uh, no, really, really good to see that functionality up and running now. Fantastic. Well, thank you ever so much for joining me both. Uh, I think it's been a really good conversation. I don't know, have either of you got any uh, uh, final topics that you want to, or final comments you want to throw out there around uh, meetings or have we covered absolutely everything? I feel like we've covered so much. Um, yeah, I, I would just say make sure you're going in and looking at all the new features, things that are simple like live reactions, etc. that um, add something to your meeting that people just to sort of ignore until they need to use it. Just go in, see what's available, try it, test it, um, and you'll probably find some new features you're not yet using that you'll actually really enjoy. Yeah, I think we've uh, covered it quite comprehensively today. I just... Uh, 
think it, it's a good idea just back to where we started, which is that, you know, uh, how we present ourselves is how we're presenting ourselves to our, uh, our clients. Just dare one day to go and watch some of your meetings with you in um, and make sure that you haven't uh, got irritating habits like I know I have. Um, and uh, just check your lighting's good and your sound's good. So because that's how people are seeing you and that's how people are making decisions about whether they're going to work with your organization or not. And that's how your colleagues are seeing you as well. So, Fantastic. Uh, yep. so two last thoughts for me. Um, the first one that I don't think we've mentioned for the whole meeting, all about Microsoft meetings or meetings in general is let's make sure you've got an agenda in the meeting invite. Mm. Um, I think this is one of the biggest problems, irrespective of all the other good stuff we've been talking about. If you send an invite out, make sure you send an agenda, make sure it's sent in advance, make sure everyone is aware as to what participation, participation and preparation they should expect to bring to that meeting. It's one of my biggest frustrations. And even with this, it, it's uh, something that is easily missed out. So get your agenda. Also, if your meeting isn't on person, make sure you've got an address in it so those people that are going to it know where to go. Obviously, doesn't matter so much with Microsoft Teams. They're clicking the link. And the second part is, uh, hopefully, you found this uh, content useful that we've shared on meetings. If you're thinking there's a lot of good information there, how do I best kind of inform my colleagues, inform my staff, bring people up to speed to make, mean they can make the most out of Microsoft Teams, then reach out to us here at Computer World. We do something called the Brilliant Basics Training, which is all around making users uh, ninjas with uh, meetings in Microsoft Teams and helping them get the most out of it. We do it uh, remotely, we do it quickly, we don't lock them into a classroom, and we give you handouts afterwards. So feel free to reach out to me, Meg, and Anthony, or anyone at Computer World if that's useful. Check out for the next Adopt365 podcast this time next month, and you never know, we might be able to start sharing some of that secret stuff. If you want to be part of the Champions community and join us, and we thank uh, Ian that has joined us today and, and spoken uh, a lot about his experiences behind the scenes, then please just reach out to us. It'd be great to have you on the first 30 minutes of the podcast, just so we can learn and share with a few more people. But thank you ever so much for listening.